0: Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Michael, and I'm both grateful and excited that you're here with me today. Currently on the show, we're following my journey as a creator, entrepreneur, and future family man. I'll be sharing the ups, the downs, and really everything in between in order to bring encouragement, motivation, and drive to your own daily life. So let's go out together and create the lives we want to live. Hey, and welcome to another episode, super excited to be here with you today to share about my annual camping trip. This is actually the second annual one that I've gone on with my friend Jordan, but I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just call it annual camping trip because yeah, after you've done it two years in a row, what's to stop you from doing it again and again and again? This year though, we went to a completely different spot. If you remember from last year, we wanted to go camping. My friend Jordan had never been camping, so I was like, okay, let's go, let's do this, but that was in May, and oh man, everything gets booked up so quickly in at least the Bay Area, anywhere near the Bay Area if you want to go camping, so I found a place last year that was near Guerneville along the Russian River, and it was camping, but not really camping, I guess you could say, as far as the spot we got was an overflow camping spot, so that alone kind of took away the like, yay, we're camping because we are in like a old parking lot that was converted into like camping stalls so we were like right next to the people in the the hot sun the wind like whoa but we did make the best of it and it was a pretty fun trip but for this year i was like we need to go like where i grew up camping in the santa Cruz mountains henry cowell but to do that you have to book it six months in advance so i had set calendar events so that at the beginning of the year could get it booked for the coming summer and we would be good to go so this past february that's what i did i went on and basically everything was full everything was taken for like friday to saturday even six months out and usually that's what you do you do weekend camping so the only things i could find was a sunday through tuesday so that's what we ended up doing and i'm actually going on another trip with my parents that same campground same format of like hey it's gonna be Sunday through Tuesday. It actually works perfect for me because we can go right after church, check in is at two PM. And then I only miss one day of work because I work on Tuesdays, but I don't work on Monday. So I get Sunday, Monday off. So I'm like, wow, perfect, beautiful, amazing. But that's what we're going to talk about in this episode i'm going to share with you this whole trip and you can live through it with me we have some exciting parts to it and then yep i also did the thirsty soul verse of the week so i'll touch on that and then i also have some exciting news about tulip, our chicken, and those eggs. Remember I said that they should be hatching right when I was gone on my trip, which I was kind of sad about? Well, I have an update about that for you. It's going to be at the end though, so I want you to listen to this whole thing. I know. Oh, boo-hoo, you have to listen to me talk. (laughs) But if you're here, let's go. Let's jump right on into the 2023 annual camping trip. All right, so where we were staying was Henry Cowell Redwood State Park. No, it's not Henry Co., it's Cowell, C-O-W-E-L-L. That is something, if you're from this area, a lot of people are like, oh, I know where that is, I'm like, no, you probably don't, because everyone always confuses that, but that's where I, I mentioned at the top, we grew up camping, a lot of fun, a lot of good trails, so that's where we booked the spot, we went to church, my friend Jordan and I, and then I had my stuff packed in my parents' van. He brought his dad's truck. And then after the service, I moved all my stuff to his truck. We went out, got lunch, and then hit the road. The thing is, though, you take Highway 17, which is to get you up and over the mountains into Santa Cruz. So if you want to go to the beach, you have to take Highway 17 for the most part. There are some ways where you can go all the way around. But would you do that? No. And we are camping within the Santa Cruz mountains. But on a Sunday, on a warm day, there was a lot of traffic. So I was like, oh, man. But luckily... The traffic was not that bad and we got there in pretty good timing pulled up a whole line of cars that were needing to get checked in and you had like one ranger there that was kind of doing the initial intake of like hey hi welcome why are you here today where is your campsite so she was doing that and i was like hey by the way your website said you have firewood and so last year pause right there <laughs> i had gotten two boxes of firewood from the grocery store that we go to but the wood was so smoky and either the quality of the wood was not good maybe it was not completely dried out maybe you know who knows but i've grown up making fires so i was like so sad and ashamed that most of our fires from last year were all smoky and gross so i was like hey you know what it says on their website they have firewood we are going to get it there jordan it should be much better. It's made for campers. It's not just like, yay, firewood. It's, yes, this is firewood. And I was going to call to double check that they had it, but I saw a flyer on their website that explained, yes, we have firewood for you to buy when you get to camp. But even still, I was like, I'm going to call. Well, the calling is just you listening to a robot for five minutes. Well, it's a recording, so part robot, part human. (laughs) But all to say, it's not a, a live person you're talking to, just going on about All these different camp specifics, mentions nothing about firewood. And it's like, if you need anything else, leave a message at the beep and then we'll get back to you. And I was like, oh, I don't want to leave a message, but it says everywhere they have firewood. So go back to where we are checking in. I asked the lady, hey, I saw online you guys have firewood. Do you still have it? And she's like, oh, nope. We are all out of firewood for the weekend. And that was like the first like crush. Like what? What? we need fire that is like the whole point of camping the whole fun part it gets cold at night and there are no lights so you need the fire to provide heat warmth life light all of that so to not even be like officially checked in yet and to hear like we don't have firewood was like uh but she was like well You can go to the nearby Safeway and they have some wood or look along the side of the road. Some people will sell it from their house. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness, which the Safeway is very close. So it's actually a great campground because civilization in a town is like 10 minute drive away. So that was the first like, okay, then we keep moving forward. We get to the little booth where we get an official tag and a map of the campground which is like, okay, cool. We know where our campsite is. And then I ask, Hey, do you have a map for all of your trails? Cause we're going to go hiking. That's like the only thing you can do at this place is you camp, you enjoy camp life. And then in the day you go for hikes because there are no, like last year there was the Russian river. So you camp and you go in the river. That's what you do. There were not many hiking, really no hiking you could do last year. So this year, this is the hiking place. Like, that's why you're there. People from all over the world come to Henry Cowell's Redwood State Park to see the trees, to go on these awesome hikes. So I asked the guy that, and he's like, well, so you see, we're actually waiting on a shipment of maps that were printed, and they're on their way, but no, today we don't have them. He, he like, went on this whole story of telling us the process, which, yeah, maybe that's good if you were emailing or on the phone, but I was like, "What?" what you don't have maps like how are we supposed to hike like now we we don't have a fire and we're still not even to our campground yet and we have no map to figure out how to plan out our next day and days of hiking and that's what we're supposed to do but then he was like well but right here we have a qr code so if you use your phone and scan it then you can have a map on your phone which yeah that's better than nothing but at the same time i was like we're kind of out here in nature to be off of our phones like as much as possible like yeah we're gonna have them to take photos and pictures but Jordan had told everyone like I'm not gonna have cell connection so kind of like I'm unplugged cannot respond till I get back and for me no one no one really contacts me except for my family or maybe Jordan but if we're on the trip he's not gonna be texting me so I didn't really have to worry about that but for myself I was like I'm not gonna go on social media so that was my thing of like not checking Instagram Facebook i did check emails just to delete them so i did that but that's just because if not i would have so many emails to sort through but in general we were very focused on like being present in nature and outdoors so to have a qr code to scan i was just like oh okay but you know what you just keep going you keep rolling this show must go on so that's what we did i scanned it had it on my phone and then we continued on to our campsite it was actually a really great site i chose it because it was pretty close to the bathroom and showers. So they have different, like, bathrooms that are just bathrooms and then a few that are bathroom and shower. So I chose that one. And on the map, it looked like it was a little bit of a walk, but in reality, I was like, oh, it's just right across the road. So it was perfect. And then it was a lot more wooded with trees. So compared to last year, we were out in the open and, you know, just vulnerable to all the elements. We had a lot of shade lot of protection from i guess you could say the weather and then the neighbors we would have had were pretty spread out and even then we didn't really have neighbors in our adjoining sites either across from us or side to side like one day we had one guy in his van but we never saw him until the morning he was leaving so i was like why is he here and then another guy across i think he came on the last day but he was also in some kind of rv camper and you never saw the guy and i was like why do people do that like is that camping jordan's like no i think camping you need to be in a tent and i was like okay good because that's what we always thought too growing up is like you can't call it camping if you are just driving a house out to a campsite and then you're never getting out of that said house on wheels like what weird like you have to experience building the tent rolling out a pad praying that the pad will give you a comfortable night's sleep only to realize that michael you are very bony and even the best of pads cannot (laughs) help the hardness of the ground digging into your bones did i get a good night's sleep what do you think (laughs) first night i actually didn't second night more so, but that's because of the adventure we went on. So, we're going to get to that. But we set up our camp, and then I realized, like, Jordan, did you bring a beach chair to put around the campfire ring? He's like, No. And I'm like, I didn't either. It was on my list in my mind of like, Hey, this is something I'm going to bring. But we get there, and I'm like, Oh man. On top of, you know, we're starting this list, you know, we don't have firewood, we don't have a map, <laughs> and now we also don't have chairs. So, maybe it doesn't matter. we don't have fire because we couldn't even sit around and enjoy the fire if we wanted to because we don't have chairs but they had a picnic table so we moved one end of the table at an angle so that you could be sitting on the bench part of the picnic table and still feel the fire still put your feet up on the outer ring so i was like okay we should be okay with no chairs and then once we got everything set up we're like all right let's go and try and find some wood so we went to safeway and a lot of it was empty and then a lot of it were like logs that you would put in your home fireplace like the dura flame like light this in the bag and it will go for three hours and i was like okay this is not firewood and then they had another box but it was like 20 dollars, and you could just tell it looked like such skinny pieces of wood and it was like it will burn for hours And i'm like no no it will not even the biggest chunks of wood they burn up so fast so i just was not getting a good feeling about that and jordan wasn't either so i was like hey let's check and see if there's anything else. So then I start Googling like buy firewood, where do we buy firewood? And then right across the street was actually uh, an Ace Hardware and it said online they had firewood. But I was like, before we drive again, let me call them. So I called them and they're like, yeah, we do, we do. So we drove over there and it was so much better. They actually had like, bundles of firewood saran wrap like what you would think of when you think of like i'm going camping and i need wood so i was going to get two but then i was like do you think we should get three jordan and he was like yeah probably and it was a good thing because as i mentioned yeah they burn up really quick and they were only like eight seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine per bundle so it was pretty good the campfire if we had gotten it at the campground said it was $15 a bundle. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it would have been about the same size. So it's actually, you know, a God thing, I guess you could say, that we had to travel out and get it from Ace Hardwood because it was a lot cheaper and we got a lot more wood. So that was like, yay, we got that figured out. Oh, and I think I also forgot to mention, on top of the no firewood, no maps, when we were asking the guy, like, so he told us, You know, we don't have maps. And I was like, well, are there any trails we can't go on? You know, like we have it on our phone, but we're going to plan out. And that's what you do. A lot of times, I guess you would say, either the morning of a big day, you plan out your route or the night before, like when you set up your campsite after you're done, you have a few hours typically before it gets dark. So you want to plan things out. And I told Jordan, I was nervous that a lot of the park would be closed because last year we went on our way out from the Cassini Ranch place three hours north we went to armstrong state forest i don't know something armstrong and like over half the park was closed due to fires due to storms trying to regrow things so i was kind of nervous about that too with this place because i was like literally all we can do here is hike and if we can't hike what are we going to do it's going to be Maybe a little bit boring. So when I asked that guy, he was actually it was it was good news that like basically everything was open. He told us one trail that was just like super boring. He's like, don't go on that. It's just lame. So I was like, okay, I'll write that down. But then he said that Buckeye Trail was going to be washed out most likely. So that one was also when they were suggesting people to stay away from to not go on and that's one that I remember when I was a little kid like I remember that name the Buckeye Trail and also Cable Car Beach like those were two things that if you're gonna camp there you gotta go on them and the Buckeye Trail in general is one of the harder trails so that's why I was also looking forward to it because Jordan and I are athletic we're young we're fit you know let's go throw us something hard and challenging and we will go for it so to here we couldn't go on that I was like Oh, man, And that is also the one where you have two different river crossings where they have no bridges. So it's like when we were younger and we did, you have to take your shoes off, put them around your your neck, on your shoulders, and just you know, wade across the river. And so that was something where I was like, oh man, that would have been really cool. And I think Jordan would have liked it. So uh, I don't know, but we'll figure out our map strategy the next day. So that is kind of what we did with that and then once we were back and got the firewood set up we were fully set up for the camp had it all ready to go just waiting to kill some time before dinner we went on a short hike to their observation deck and i think i don't remember the elevation i thought it was like 800 feet higher than where we were within the mountains so i don't know the total elevation but it was basically a big deck up high with like a 360 view of the surrounding mountains the valleys And on a clear day, you could see the ocean even of Santa Cruz up to Monterey and further down. So it was very like, whoa, which we were there probably at like four between four and five p.m. So the fog from the ocean had already rolled in but this was actually the only sunny day of our whole camping trip was when we checked in and then went on this shorter hike, but it was a beautiful view, got some great photos, and don't worry, just like last year, I'm gonna make a reel and I'll put it all together. It'll be in the show notes, not now because I have, you know, I've got so much footage and so much to do with all the businesses and everything else that I'm doing, which I'll touch on that at the end, but don't worry. You will see some of these views because they are awesome. And then from there, another really fun element of the camping trip was that I brought my acoustic guitar. Jordan is a big guitar player, mostly electric guitar, but he recently got an acoustic guitar. And I'd asked him like, Hey, it would be fun to bring a guitar. Do you want to bring yours? Or I can bring mine because I have a case. And because I had the case, it was just made more sense to bring mine to keep it safe. Because I also don't play mine very much. Like, here and there and I know some chords and you know I don't know I just play it for fun but it actually was huge because that was like a huge part of the entertainment and the really the fun part of the trip was like when we weren't hiking we weren't eating we weren't going to the bathroom not walking around you know like when we were not doing something that was what we could do. So he was playing a lot of different scales and the different songs that he knew. And then in church that day, we had also been singing the song, I think it's called Nothing But The Blood Of Jesus. So he was like, hey, we should look up that song. And so I looked it up, found the chords, and then we went through that so he could play it. And then we were singing along to that. So that was really fun. And then I also had a capo to make it. A capo would like changes the key of the song so you can make it higher or lower depending on what you need. So then that was really fun. And the song kind of goes like, What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then he moved the cable up. Bum bum, what can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we're like, let's go again. Bum bum, what can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. You know, it goes like that. It's a a very old hymn, but that was something that it was, like, so random. And, like, would you really think of doing that or bringing that or singing that song? Like, no, probably not. But he was playing it while I was either, I think, cooking or, like, making... Yeah, I think I was cooking the spaghetti. So he was playing that... On the picnic table and then I was at the end of the picnic table heating up the meat sauce for the spaghetti that I prepped and warming up the noodles which this time I cooked the noodles because if you remember last year the noodles took forever it took like half an hour to make noodles because the propane stove would not really get the water boiling so uh, gross I learned but even warming up the noodles they were still kind of cold by the time we ate them but anyways That was kind of the picture, at least of that night. So it was really fun and just really random. And they were like, hey, maybe people will hear. And, you know, they'll they'll come to the Lord. (laughs) But that was a lot of fun. And I think, uh, like, one of those memories that I will remember probably Jordan too, of like, whoa, that was really fun. And then he was like, next year, I'll bring my guitar. And then we can both be playing the guitars. And I was like, okay, but I will be the, like, background just playing chords. And then he can play the, you know, specific... Picking notes because he's really good at that. And that, like, he's like, Do you want to learn? And I'm like, No, I don't. I'm sorry. I just like the simple stuff, (laughs) at least with guitar, like maybe piano. But with guitar, I'm like, It's more of just fun for me and adds, you know, a new variation of like, Hey, I can bring an instrument with me. But it was really fun because you could even hear the guitar playing in the bathroom. So I was like, Woo, cool. And that's something that whenever I go on trips, I'm always like, Where's the music? where is the music in the background because at our house I always have music going like I always have it connected to the house speaker we have or when I'm walking when I when I'm doing anything at work in my morning job there is music and I always hear and listen to the music where a song will come on and I'll tell my coworkers like hey I love this song and they're like what song I don't hear it I'm like how can you not hear it or when we get really busy at that morning job I'm like we need to put it on the favorite playlist. I need songs I know that I can hear that are upbeat, fast, not any of this slow, like do, do, So that was something that I've noticed on other trips. So I was very glad we did have the guitar because I was like, hey, we've got some music. Fill up the campground. And really, I don't even think it was that annoying either i mean of course you say that because we've camped and when people are noisy they are the annoying ones you're like why would they ever do that but as i mentioned we didn't really have neighbors so there was no one besides if you're going to the bathroom and i mean if you're going to the bathroom how nice is it to have (laughs) nice music being played scales and different you know finger picking songs and then what can take away ours or my sins (laughs) i don't know you know Anyways, so that was pretty fun. And then the next day, that was our big hiking day. So we decided we were going to plan out the hike the next day because we were just having fun with the fire and it got pretty cold too, which was nice because. The sleeping bags that at least I have, it's a mummy sleeping bag, which is meant to retain and trap in all of your heat, which for me, I was like, oh man, I already only sleep in underwear at home. And I think it's so hot, I have the fan going. Now that it is still not that hot, I have my window open to get the nice cool breeze in. So I was like, being trapped in a sleeping bag is like a nightmare, like just the thought of it. Even now I'm like, gross to be toasty and that hot while sleeping and like sweating in a sticky sleeping bag. Uh, it sounds awful so it was actually very good that it was cold you could see your breath it looked like you were smoking <laughs> when you were walking at night and we did like a, a night walk around the area right as it was like almost 10 o'clock because at 10 o'clock was like the quiet time when Jordan was like that's bedtime that's when they want everyone to go to sleep and I was like oh okay well let's go so it was very good that it was cold and even then I still was just in like underwear and a shirt but I was like whoa I kept the shirt on like by the time I got up because last year when I tried that in the middle of the night I was like tangled up in the sleeping bag and the clothes and I was like so hot I was like just rip it all off but I woke up with a headache and I think that was because I went to sleep with a beanie on and typically if I'm either dehydrated or get too hot I wake up with headaches so I was like uh man okay tomorrow night I will try something else (laughs) you know try something different but Overall, as I mentioned, my sleep wasn't that good because I'm just so bony and I move around a lot and I just couldn't really get comfortable. And I first woke up, I went to bed probably around 10 maybe or 10 30. I don't know. It somewhere around there. And I woke up and checked my watch, which that's how you know I'm camping when I'm wearing my wristwatch. <laughs> and that was what I did last year. And I'm like, Ooh, this is a fun tradition. Like I've got my watch. So I checked my watch and it was 2 50 a.m. That's when I first woke up. It was still pitch black out. And I woke up, checked and I was like, only 2:50." I feel like I should get up now. Like my body woke up as the like, okay, buddy, you've had enough sleep. Get up now. And I was like, oh, it's not even three o'clock. And I never get up even at three o'clock. So it was like, I'm just uncomfortable. I want to get out. So just tossing, turning, rolling around. And then right as it started to get light, that's actually when i fell asleep the best and had the better night's sleep but you know why because internally i know because i start work at about 5 30 so as i'm headed to work that it is starting to get light out the sun is starting to come up like you don't see the sun but you see the clouds the sky is light and you can see really well so internally i knew that once it starts getting bright I don't even need to check my watch because I know it's between 5 and 5.30. So I think to me that was exciting of like, okay, it's getting bright, Michael, which means you don't have to stay in this tent for much longer. And it means that you can get up soon because I ended up getting up at 6 a.m. that first day, which is early, but actually that that is kind of sleeping in, especially for camping because I almost never sleep well camping. Like that's one of the things like, uh, man, I'm not gonna get a good night's sleep. But what it means is that when I get home, I'm going to have a beautiful first night back of sleeping in a bed where my hips are not digging into the ground. (laughs) But the tent that I had, that was actually the first time that I had used it. I got it from my parents for Christmas, and it was pretty cool. I think it worked really well. It did for the fly of it, which is the outside covering to protect it from rain, dew, dust, whatever, from getting into your tent it had two different entrances, that actual tent, and the fly came down with like a point and a zipper. So you had a little like, I would say entryway, but really just big enough for your shoes. So that was great to have, but it did make it a little hard to get out of the tent. So that was the one thing I was like, man, it's kind of hard to get out. But at the same time, I only went in the tent to sleep. So two different times. And I, you know, It was fine for that. So I'm like, yeah, and backpacking really too. The same thing, like you're not going to be in your tent for that long. And if you are like, why? Like maybe to take a nap. Yeah, I would have loved a nap. But in the most part, like you're there to have adventures and to go out, not to be trapped in a tent. So overall though, I think the tent was great. The sleeping pad I had, that was also new. It was a present, a gift. And I think it was good. Like I, as I mentioned, I'm just so bony that I was like, even the best, the pads, I probably, my bones were just go through to the ground. But it got rolled up beautifully, which I can never get those sorts of things rolled up. So I was like that alone like beautiful. And it had a little pillow that you blew up that was attached to it. So I was like that was also very cool and very helpful. Okay, and then from there that takes us to day 2. That was our full day, our only full day in the campground, the campsite with hiking where we needed to plan something to take up the whole day. And that's what I wanted to do is just like really hard hike that would take the whole day because as I was looking at the map in the morning I saw that a lot of the trails didn't actually look that difficult and they looked pretty short like you could do one come back and then go out again and do another and then I don't know as a kid all of this looked a lot different was a lot more challenging when you have a family of five three kids two adults two parents (laughs) just random adults with three kids Uh, when you're going as a kid it is a lot different but now as a grown up where we're both like active young fit like let's go let's go on an adventure it is very different because it was like man we need to find something that will take up a lot of time this is our day to tire ourselves out one to entertain ourselves for the whole day you know an activity but also i was like i want to sleep better tonight and if i tire myself out from hard hiking then i will sleep super well and then the other thing within that too is that even when I walk the neighbor dog, which is one of my weekly jobs that I do, I don't like backtracking. Like if I go one way, I will not just come back the same way. It needs to be a circle, a loop, a square, a triangle, you know, something that I'm not retracing my same exact steps. I'm not looking at the same things again. And so with the map and as I was looking at that, I was like, what can we do that will get us all the way down? And the main thing was we needed that buckeye trail that was at the very bottom end of the whole park and it would be what connected us from one side of the park to the other side to then loop us back home so that was something where i was like man i really want to ask the ranger again like is it just suggested not to go or do you think we can go so luckily because we were right by the bathrooms every morning there are rangers that clean the bathrooms so i was able to talk to one of the female rangers as she was kind of finishing up her job and waiting for the other guy to come out and i was like okay so can i ask you about the trails because i was either gonna ask i mean really i think it was just like what do they suggest for something that will take up the whole day you know like that's hard that is you know you need endurance you need to go 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 like we are up for it that's why we're here (laughs) please help us and her first comment was like well i don't actually know the trails all that well and i was like what isn't that your job why how could you not but I was like okay okay just keep talking keep talking and then i kind of asked about the buckeye of like we wanted to go all the way through you know like make a huge loop from the top of the park down all the way to the bottom and buckeye was one but they told us at the front that it wasn't really doable because it might be washed out and then she was like well if you're young if you're agile you should be able to do it i'm like really You mean you know like it's it's probably just like logs and trees that have fallen down. She's like, yeah, probably that some overgrowth. So I was like, whoa, actually, thank you so much. Like that is amazing. That just made the whole day. You know, going back to those things that when we started, you know, like we didn't have the firewood. We had no map. We couldn't go on Buckeye Trail. Like by then, second day, we had firewood. We had a good fire that night. We're gonna have a fire that morning, and then buckeye cool we can go on that and then my phone for the map you know what that actually worked fine so all these little things that could have been like oh no like they were coming together and all of a sudden now by the time i finished talking with her we had a whole day planned out where we could hike the entire park but before we get there let me talk about the bathrooms too because the one we were right by like it was great we're there but it was one of like the oldest probably the original one back whenever they first started adding in like plumbing and bathrooms to it. That or it was like the remodel from many decades ago because it did have two urinals, which nice, cool. But they were right next to each other, which that already makes like a lot of people uncomfortable. But you know what? Who cares? It is what it is. Then it had two stalls. One stall was out of order. So it only had one stall. So cool. At least you got one stall to take care of all of us surrounding people. And then it had two showers, but the shower doors were probably around my shoulders, which I am tall, but Basically, everyone, unless you were a little kid, your head could see above that. And it had like the first area to the shower, a little like area where you could hang up like hooks and a bench where you could hang up your stuff, put it there so it doesn't get wet. You're like, okay, so I can see into that area. Like with are drying off and changing, you probably see them naked. Like that's a little weird, but at least the shower where you're showering naked, like that should be clear and safe from view, right? Well, it had a little wall, but the wall only stuck out maybe a foot And then the shower nozzle is about that same length. So basically you'd be standing out in the open and nothing was there to protect you, which I thought was like very odd. And I was like, I wonder how many people actually shower here. Because even at my gym or gyms I've been to when they just have open showers, like people are terrified of that like to see someone else naked like that that's just something that people get afraid of and in our society is like ah, oh no <laughs> so i actually wonder like mm, i wonder how many but also like that's just so weird to have the showers like that but also maybe smart because i said that too if i ever had a gym i would do those open room concept showers only because i know that so many people are terrified of them that they would not use my facilities water they'd go home and shower or just skip the shower, which would save money for the facility. So mine is like a a save the money, I'm cheap sort of thing. But I was like, hey, maybe that's what it is here. Or maybe just, you know, in the olden days, we weren't so scared of (laughs) some of these things of like, going to the bathroom next to someone or having a shower and just being like, yo, bro, what's up? Don't look, you know, just keep walking. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But that was the funny thing. And then Even within the showers, they had a sign on one that said, hot is cold, cold is hot. So it was just such a funny saying. And I found myself kind of like as we're going throughout the whole trip, kind of just repeating these things that we kept hearing. So like, we're all out of firewood for the weekend. That was one like I just kept bringing up wherever all out of fire for the the weekend. And then hot is cold, cold is hot. (laughs) So anytime you could just be walking and then you just throw that out there and you're like, yeah, this is the trip right now. what is happening what are these showers like hot is cold cold is hot cool we know what that means but also they're gonna see you the whole time (laughs) but from there let's get to talking about the big hiking trip because that was like the bulk of what we did and has some really cool adventures so let's jump into that So now that we had our trip planned for that day, it was supposed to take the whole day. We were ready to get going. We had packed lunches, we had our backpacks on, and it was cloudy and overcast basically the whole time. So I'd just gotten these new expensive sunglasses They came like one day before the trip. And I don't know, they, they should have been there like a week and a half ago. So this shipping really messed it up. And then Jordan was waiting for a Also, a different pair of glasses, a different brand, but a nice pair of sunglasses, too. And so, his arrived when we were there. So, it was just very weird with the sunglasses, but then, because of the weather, it was also like, oh, I guess we didn't really need to use them anyway, because it was cloudy, misty, and that's very common for the mountains in that area, the coastal, like, we're right by the coast, the Pacific brings in that fog, and yay, awesome, whatever, but we were ready to go. And I had seen on the map, as I mentioned, that if we were able to get to Buckeye, we would need to cross the river. So I had packed swim trunks because of that. So I put that in my bag and then I told Jordan like, hey, if you have shorts, bring them. And then I grabbed two towels that are for the dishwashing, but that we could spare to dry our feet off if in case we were able to make a successful cross across the river. So with that, we were hitting the trail on our way first to Cable Car Beach, which is i don't know a really great spot that is well known and something that we went to so many times as we were growing up of like yeah you have lunch at cable car beach but i'm not sure if maybe when we were little it took a lot longer to get there because that was like our first stop i'm like there's no way we could stop and eat lunch now because we just got here and we're not hungry because we had a nice breakfast in the morning but something as we were getting started with that i was telling jordan i was like even when you have a map it really doesn't mean you're going to get there the first time or that you know where you're going because like we grew up camping we've been on so many hiking trips and some of the last ones we had which is when we were graduating from college we went on trips to celebrate that we were like we're just going to spend an hour out there or two hours then go back to the beach and we basically spent the whole day out there on previous trips because the either the maps are wrong or the trailheads weren't marked correctly and we're having to double back re-loop around oops we're on the outer loop which is going to take the whole day to come back so I was telling that going into it like just so you know like we have a map and we should be okay but also we have to be on the lookout because it's so easy to get lost on these things and with this park in general too there were a lot of like roads and paths that crossed each other but there wasn't necessarily a sign saying like keep going this way like i i thought it was the most strange that they didn't have a sign for cable car beach i was like That's like a stopping point that everyone goes to. So why wouldn't you have a sign above like where all the arrows are pointing like this trail, this way, this trail, this way to say like cable car beach this way, because we got out to a fire road at one point and we're walking up it. And then I was like, oh, we're going up. We should always be going down. And that's something we had talked about too. Like, oh, we know like a good way to know if you're going correctly, at least to start, like if you're going to water or a river and you're camping in the mountains, you got to go down let's go down to the river. And I was telling Jordan, there's so many songs that are all about like, let's go down to the river, down to the river. And I never really imagined mountains or camping like we were. But in that moment, as we we're hiking first to Cable Car Beach, and then later on to the Buckeye Trail, which would also be going down to the river, I was like, man we are literally going down to the river so when we were on that fire road and started inclining going upwards I was like okay I think we missed it we should probably go back so even then within like less than an hour of hiking we already had to retrace our steps and then found a different path that was not very well marked and that's the thing these places attract so many people throughout the year either through camping or just the day hiking because you can also do that and I was like how could they not be better at these signs? And even some of the arrows are like pointing, but I'm like, well, that's not pointing directly at the trail. And there are some other trails that it could be pointing at, but we found the little trail and then people were coming up. So I just asked them like, hey, Cable Car Beach is this way, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that is one of the most helpful things is if there are other hikers out and about with you, you can ask like people not in your party of like, oh, you see someone. And I think that's great that most of the hikers and campers and even backpackers, which you couldn't do that here, but when I've been backpacking, it's that they're so kind, so nice because they also were maybe in that spot before where they were trying to figure it out. Or they also share the love of the outdoors and nature and like, yeah, we're going to go out and have a good workout today through hiking. So we finally got on down to cable car beach and that was fun i mean not really much to do there there was like a mom dad and kid that were there so it was more like let's just look and then take some photos and then that was like our first stop so hooray it was very early on in the trail and we still had a long ways to go so from there though we had to find another trail which on the map you could see very easily which like which trails were supposed to be going on, but then there'd be other like random trails where like, is this from people that have gone off path and created their own trail? Is it a deer trail? Is it what is it? Because at a lot of the places there weren't signs to tell you. So that's where though Jordan had a compass, which I was like I've never used a compass before you know like the functionality of it of like using it for its purpose like sure as kids you have toys and then on your phone you have a compass and you're just like Ooh, look at this but to be in a spot where you could actually use it I was like whoa that is super cool so I pulled out my map on the phone and we found the key because it points which direction is north on that And then we figured out, okay, we need to be heading in this direction. And then he would just take out the compass and based on the direction we are heading, we could figure out like, okay, so we don't know if this is the right trail or not, but we are at least heading in the right direction. So I thought that was super cool, super like, whoa, good planning on bringing that. But also like, this is so cool that we actually have to like spend time and wondering like, Where are we? How do we figure it out? Let's use our minds and our maps and the tools that are with us to make sure that we are going the right way. Because after you've had to backtrack once, I'm like, oh goodness, please. I don't want to do that again. But we finally got to the trail that was going to get us to Buckeye. But there were also no signs that said we like, congrats, you are now on Buckeye Trail. Because a lot of the trails, when I was younger, I thought, like say the Buckeye Trail was one way all the way down and all the way back, like they would make circles. But in reality, a lot of the trails end and then a new one begins. So like the Eagle Creek Trail will end at the Fire Road and then you have to pick up the Pine Trail or the River Trail or the the one we were looking for after Cable Car Beach was like the big rock hole trail or big black rock hole trail. I don't know. I kept calling it the wrong thing the whole time. Cause I'm like, it sounds like a black hole or a big black rock hole. So it was some sort of name like that, that we were looking for. We finally found that cool. But as I mentioned, there was no thing to say, like, congrats, you're on the Buckeye one. And that's where yet again, we pulled out Jordan's compass and figured out like, okay, we're supposed to be going Southeast. So we are headed in the right direction. And then the other clue we had was that Once again, we were going down, down, down to the river. So that is where it started to get cool. Like, okay, we're going, we're going. We don't exactly know where we're going. And that was kind of like for this whole middle section of getting down to the San Lorenzo River of like, we know where we're going, but we also don't. But we have the compass and we have knowledge that we are going down to the river. And then you start hearing the river and you're like, whoa, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. How cool is that? But as I have mentioned, had said that the buckeye trail was not like kept up to date so it wasn't trimmed back there were things falling all over so we definitely went into it knowing that but we also experienced that too where probably like three or four times the trail just disappeared so whether it was a tree that fell and got in the way or the paths were overgrown like there was a lot of i would say weeds like touching you as you were going where you like raise your hands up I Well, I raised it up because I didn't want it to touch me, but I was wearing long sleeve shirts and long pants at that time So uh, I don't know but just that idea of like I don't want this stuff to touch me And I think the harder part though was where there were those weeds It was very clear like people had walked through because there was still a footpath Even if the like three to four feet was a little bit higher up But once you got into more of the foresty section where there weren't weeds then I was like, oh now we're just looking for like tan bark and leaves that have been stepped on to try to find the trail and that's where it got a lot trickier where yeah like jumping over fallen trees and logs that were in the way that was kind of fun not that hard but a couple times i did have to stand up on the log and like look around and praying like god please help us find the trail make sure we can get on the right trail so that we're not one like going completely off track just further and further into the woods which I don't know. I don't think that would be that much of a concern with us and how we are going. But the other thing was, I really didn't want to go back. Like, as you're going on the trip, getting further and further and further into the woods, you are like, oh, I just want to loop around, or at least me. Like, come on, keep going. Let's keep going. Like, we're so close to getting to, like, the river and then the hard part. And then, like, once we're on the way back up, then it will be a sigh of relief. And I think part of it, too, was that, One, I had already told you, like, I don't like to retrace steps. And then two, it would almost feel like a failure. Like we went and we tried and, you know, the ranger thought we could do it and we thought we could do it, but we couldn't, you know, oh, boohoo, it was washed away. So I think part of that was added to the whole scenario of like, I really want this so bad. Like I want to be safe, but I also, I want to accomplish this. Like when you were there, like this was the height of the adventure. Like we are kind of going off trail, even though we weren't. We're going off a trail that was not taken care of. So it's not as simple as like most of the trails. You just follow the person in front of you. And then the person in front, they just follow the many footprints that were in front of them. And this was not like that. So it was like a lot to it and just being like, okay, I found the trail. Let's go this way. And then we'd go on it for a couple minutes and then Oh no, another tree. Or, you know, it just ends. And are we supposed to hop over that tree? Or is that tree there? And we, oh, we are supposed to go around it over here and we didn't see it. So there was a couple of times of that where, at least for me, internally, I was nervous, like, oh no, we lost it again. This might be the time we can't find it. But I think Jordan was more relaxed. He was like, I'm just following you and you're, you're the one leading. And I was like, oh goodness. Okay. So let's, let's keep going. But eventually though we did get to the river so we just kept going towards there we found the trails and then every once in a while you would see like a footprint and you're like yes this is not my footprint cuz it's in front of me so let's keep going and that got us down to the river which was very pretty and there was a nice sandy beach with rocks and you're like wow this is awesome but there was no trail marker or sign to say like here's the river the beach where you need to cross over so we spent probably like 10 minutes just kind of walking around, exploring. And then I was like, so Jordan, I think this is where we have to cross. It shows on the map that we we definitely have to cross. And I was like, I don't know if like in the past they had giant rocks that you could walk across or if we have to wade across it. Like, I I pretty much knew we would have to wade across it because there weren't those rocks. But I didn't know, like, in the past, like, maybe it was a little more clear of what we should do because across the river, you could see, but there was a lot of brush and bushes. So you couldn't see, like, this is where you need to go or there were no trail markers. Or I told Jordan, when you go backpacking, kind of the universal, like, trail marker is you stack three rocks on top of each other. And I had stories where I was like, Got separated. My dad was in the back taking a rest because his knee isn't the best. So he was like, You can go on ahead. But then my friends and their dads were far ahead. So I was out on my own as like either a sixth or seventh grader. And we they were like backpacking through these giant rocks. So there wasn't a trail, like no weeds to be cleared apart, just like giant slabs of rock where you're like, I don't know. But because they had told me and I knew to look for the three rocks, that was my saving grace where I was like okay, just keep going until I see, look, another three rocks. Okay. The trail is this way. But in this case at the river, there was none of that. And I was like, okay. So after a while I knew, I was like, we have to do something. Like it was the point where you either give up and you just, we head back and we say like, well, we tried, we didn't know how to do it. Or we are going to take a risk. A little bit of danger and we're gonna go in and see like what are we gonna do? Can we make it across? So I told Jordan, like I think the best thing, I'll change into my shorts, I'll cross it. And if I can find a trail on the other side, and we kind of saw an area where it looked like there was maybe a landing, like where you would cross to. So it wasn't just like crossing into bushes. There was a spot where it was rocky and then a little bit of sand. It was like, okay, I'll try to do that. And then if there is a trail that I can see, I'll come back and let you know or you know we could yell across like and have you cross over so he said that sounded good and I went ahead changed tied the shoes up put them around my shoulders my neck had my backpack on and then I slowly crossed the river and it ended up being up to my mid thighs which I'm 6'2 so it was a couple feet and when you're first going it is good because you can see the rocks but in the middle of it you can't really see it's very dark which means like yeah it's darker and the water is gonna have a stronger pull to it. So I went really slow, my arms straight out, because I really didn't want to fall. My phone was in my backpack, I think my wallet, everything, you know, everything for the rest of the hike. And we were down at the river, which is at the very lowest part of the park. So like, either way, whether we backtrack or keep going, we've got a long hike to get back home to our campsite. So I didn't want to be wet. So I went really slow, my feet, caught a couple times in the rocks like when you take one step and then it like slides under rocks where you're like oh that hurts but you can't just move it back quickly because you're gonna fall if you do that so a few of those but you know what it was actually just completely fine i made it across then i ran up the shore a little bit and then i found a trail but then i ran up it a little more because i'm like let me make sure this is like a trail trail and then i was pretty sure i saw footprints so i'm like okay cool then i told jordan like you can cross over and then his backpack was already very full though, and he had jeans and a jacket. So I ended up crossing back over, and then he saw an area that looked a little bit shallower. So I tested that one out, and it looked better just in general. So then I grabbed some of his supplies, brought them over, and then he crossed over. I got a video of him doing that too. And I like, I was nervous when I went, but having your friend go, like I was so nervous he was going to fall. And in the same scenario, all of his stuff would be wet. His phone would get wet, everything. So... I was like holding my breath as he was crossing, so nervous. But also some of these situations when it's like really serious and like, oh my gosh, something bad could happen. Like the most time where we could have been injured or hurt or had damaged property, it was right there. So for some reason in those moments, I always am like prone to wanting to laugh, like where you can feel it. Like if he had made like a slip and even if he didn't fall, but if he fell any, any little thing. I would have started laughing and because I was recording it it would have been so mean like it would have appeared so mean and also hurtful to have like the guy in the shore laughing at you as you fell and just ruined your phone and all this expensive stuff so I was just like oh I'm so nervous and also Michael do not laugh no matter what happens just holding your breath like oh it was very tense, but he made it across just fine and it all ended up being great. And then I showed him how you can like sit on a rock and wash one foot at a time, dry it off. So it was a good thing. We had the shorts, we had the towels to dry our feet. But then I was like, well, we should actually also just stay in our shorts because look at our map, there's another river crossing. So we stayed in that, hiked through. That's where it started to get, I think the hardest part of it was, it was you go down to the river, then you cross it then there's like maybe a little mountain that you go up and then you have to come back down because the river like does an s shape around these mountains so that's where i think it is probably the hardest and why it is a harder trail because you're going up then you're going down you're going up and down and then oh you're wet oh keep going and so that's what we did second time we crossed it was a bit smoother it was also calmer at the second part of the river the first one it had a little bit of rapids further up ahead And I was like, well, I know we don't cross there. I know it's going to be stronger up there. So all these little things that you pick up. But the second one, I was like, oh, this is actually much easier. And then I wanted to get going, like keep going. So we actually both crossed at the same time. I got a photo of that while we're like mid river. Luckily, didn't drop my phone because I thought the same thing. like, hmm, I really want to take a video right now or a photo, but I might drop it. And then Jordan's like, this would be cool to get a photo. I'm like, okay, yeah. pull it out let's try this so got the photo there and at that time it was probably like 2 30 almost three o'clock and i was hungry but all of that was also very like adrenaline and a little bit like stressful and anxiety ridden nervous you know not like it was full blast but it's what you feel when you're on an adventure and you're out there on your own so if you've been in that situation where you're like Me and you, like the people on your trip, we are going to make or break this trip. We are either going to get it. We are either going to get there safely or we're going to get there injured. We're going to get there wet if we fell in the river. (laughs) You know, there's so much to it. Whereas like once we get down to the river, it'll be so peaceful and we'll have our lunch there and then we'll pack up and walk ourselves out. Like it sounds beautiful. Even now saying like, wow, the river was really peaceful. We saw like a cool heron. I think it was Uh, one of those long birds, like really tall birds, heron or stork, whatever you want to call it. pretty sure it's a heron though. Flying and gliding and landing in the water, you know, it was beautiful. But at the same time, even by the time we crossed the second river, I was like looking at my watch, I'm like, man, it's already two o'clock, well into two o'clock. And we haven't eaten and we should eat even though none of us are hungry, but you don't really feel hungry when you're in those situations, but you make sure you drink and eat no matter what. So while Jordan was getting of his stuff and changed again. Then I was eating, and then he had some food, but it still wasn't that like peaceful calm of like, let's enjoy it. At least for me, I was like, we are still like, yeah, we crossed the second river, which is a big step, but. What if we also cannot find the trail on this side of the river? And what if we have to cross it twice to get back and then backtrack? You know, all of that, what I've said, I was like, oh man. So we're still not in the clear technically. So in my mind, I was like, we had some food. Let's just keep going. And then I kept eating on the trail as I was going. Cause I'm like, I'd rather be eaten. you know, do many things at once. Keep going. Let's keep moving this forward. And then finally we see a sign on that other side of the river, a few minutes in that says trail this way. Not even what trail we're on, of course, but just trail this way. But I was so happy. It was like, this is the first sign we've seen in probably an hour and a half to two hours. (laughs) You know, just of us walking, checking the map, checking the compass, going down to the river, down, down, down. So it was a very joyful moment. But then that just means we're still on the Buckeye Trail. So it was more exciting when we came up as we were inclining. Because then at that point, I had a banana left that I was supposed to eat. And I couldn't eat the banana because it was too much focus on like one step in front of the other and like saving your breath because you don't want to be choking on a banana. So even the uphills, like they were tiring in the moment, but I don't actually think they were that like crazy hard. But also it has to do with our bodies and how we work like we both exercise regularly go on trips and do stuff in the day that are athletic and adventurous so I think for us it was just like that was the hardest part but also really not that bad but as kids or regular people if you are not in shape or have done that that's where I think like yeah that is the hard part that would be very tricky for many people but we finally got up there we saw the trails that then connected us to our trail back to camp got back man great it was it was such an accomplishment just getting back I was like wow we made it and I think in total we hiked four hours that day so it was definitely a good a good trip to have to fill up the whole day and then Jordan ended up taking a shower but he said no one came into the whole bathroom at the time he was there so hooray (laughs) he didn't have to have any awkward or weird moments with that but I think that whole adventure in that day was just like whoa The adventure, the risk, the danger, using our own minds, our own wits and logic. And we were uncertain, but moving forward. And that is something that all of those skills you don't have that much of in life, at least nowadays. You don't have to do that. You don't put yourself in that position. And really, I don't think like we did put ourselves in that position because I wanted to do the whole loop. I wanted to not backtrack. I wanted to get a good, like, hard day of hiking in. So, yeah, we put ourselves there, but. I also don't think many people would choose that for themselves. And that's not something that even myself are like, oh yeah, I want to choose the harder route <laughs> to take necessarily. I mean, this was a trip where that's all we had to do. So yeah, let's go. Let's do that. But I think that is a really cool element of that. And really what more people should be doing in their lives, especially, you know, they say young men and guys like getting together with friends and just going out and exploring and using all these things where it's not just turn left up ahead in 200 feet it's, oh, let's read a map, oh, I think we went the wrong way, let's backtrack, let's check the compass, let's check the key on the map to see which direction are we now, and where should we be heading, and oh, here's this, let's ask these people for help, and like, let's keep going, let's figure it out on our own, you know, all of that, man, there's so much there that you don't normally get, and you don't get to experience, but once you do, and once you taste that, it's like, wow, we just had a whole day, and like, it wasn't just one thing after another, don't use your mind, be on your phone, do all that. It was like we were engaged the whole time of going, going, going. And then good conversation because when you're hiking, that's what you do. You just talk. So that was a lot of fun. That night we had hot dogs and s'mores over the fire that we cooked. So, Or the fire that we set up, that's how we cooked the food. So hooray for that and the firewood that we had. And then Other than that, as I mentioned, we had lots of guitar playing, some singing. I worked on my wood block gnome that I have been working on. I started it before we got Lydia living with us. So that was back in January. And then once Lydia was staying with us, it was like, I don't have time. I am like a surrogate father now. I can't (laughs) spend hours carving away. So that was fun to pick that back up. I think the little gnome is basically done. I might try to sand it down because there's some rough parts, but then we also read some books, read the Bible. I even made coffee and did the thirsty soul verse at the site. So once I get that uploaded, I'll share that in the show notes as well. And the thirsty soul verse that I said I would mention, it is from 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. And I'll go ahead and read that out for you now. It reads, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we." who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into the likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And that was a verse that at church on Sunday, before we left for the trip, the pastor mentioned. And that is one that there's also a song that's like, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So that was like, every time the pastor was in that was like, where the spirit of the Lord is, like singing that. And then I was like, okay, we got to do this verse. I have to learn like, what is the full verse behind that? So that is something a part of coffeeed up cup, which if you're new to this episode, it's my coffee brand, the wellness coffee wellness brand that I am starting and working on. And it's every week I pick a new verse that I'm going to learn. And I invite you to learn it along with me to feed your soul. That is thirsty for the Word of God. So go ahead and jump into that with me as well. And I'll finish off the last part of our camping trip and then end with the chickens from there. All right, so the last day was basically, let's make breakfast, pack everything up, and get out of here. There was a visitor center, which we had gone to last summer with our German friends that come to visit about every two years. And we had driven to that visitor center and then did a small hike. And from our campground, it was about a 45 minute hike to hike to the visitor center or a five minute drive. So I was like, Hey Jordan, I think you'll really like that place. It has a gift shop, like fun way to get mementos and also learn a little bit more about the park. And had said, like, I think it would be more fun on our way out to do that just because we had already spent the whole day hiking and it is more fun just to kind of you know, have an adventure to close off the end of it. And it was a very easy hike down and around like a circle. When we got there, it said like 0.8 miles and like there's a 30 feet incline. I was like, shoot, that's nothing. So we ended up driving there. And then right before we left though, so we were all packed up by about like 10 o'clock. And that was my goal was to leave at 10 o'clock so that we could do the next thing and then get back in early afternoon because I needed to walk the dog later that day. And Jordan has schoolwork that he had to get into, you know, a lot of stuff like life begins right away. <laughs> so we were already packed up kind of doing our last walk around the loop of the campground, use the restrooms, and it started raining. And I was like, oh my goodness, rain? What? In June? And my mom had told me that in san jose here it had been super windy storming it had been raining she's like is it raining there i'm like no it's just cloudy but it's been cloudy this whole weekend and then right around that time it started raining and i was like Oh my goodness. I am so, so glad that we already had everything packed up, that we stayed on that schedule because we wouldn't have been able to, like we would have packed everything up wet and then I'd have to take it out and dry everything out once I got home. Just a pain. So that was another thing where I was like, man, God was really looking out for us. Like he held back the rain and so we were all packed up. So we ended up leaving the campground, went to the gift shop, walked around the, they call it like the Redwood Circle and it's a self-tour and we did that last time. So I picked up a little pamphlet and then they had numbered spots where you stop and read a little bit about the the tree's history or the story with it. And one whole section was like talking about banana slugs and Santa Cruz, that is like their mascot. They love those banana slugs. It's the mascot of UC Santa Cruz and any like postcard you get from their stamp, any sticker, You know, just everything stuffed animals, banana slug, banana slug, and it talked about how cool they were and blah blah blah. And he's like, "I don't see them." I'm like, "Yeah, we never see them when we've been here. Like, I always look. I would love to see a banana slug. I've seen them back when I was in middle school, but that was on like a camp we took, and the people leading that just knew, I guess, where to always find them. But in this section, I was like, I've never seen them. But I was like, you know what? Just pray, pray to God that we can find a slug. And I was praying, he was praying, and then eventually like further along the path guess what you guys i found a banana slug it was pretty tiny and curled up and like partially hidden under a leaf but i was like yes we found it thank you god like another little thing where you know would it have made the trip bad if we hadn't found it no but didn't it make it that much more special because like hey we found the banana slug and Jordan got to see a banana slug and we got photos of it. Like, man, it made it so cool. So I think a lot of this trip had these little like moments added to them that just accumulated into overall a really good trip, a very memorable one. And the one last year, it was good. And it was just different from what I would call camping. So in comparison, I think this one was great. And like, whoa, you got to experience like camp camping, Jordan. <laughs> like what I grew up in, like when I think of camping, that's what I think of, of being in the Redwood Forest and going on hikes that take all day long. But I think when you're in good company, really any trip can be fun and you can make it fun. And that's one of my things of like, I just like quality time with people. And so, like last year, we were feeding horses and then going on the river and, you know, kids everywhere. <laughs> and this year, it was different. And I think a lot better probably, but also still a lot of fun. And I think that is what is fun between all the camping is it is such a family event and activity where you see so many young families with young kids. And here, at least in my neighborhood, like all the kids that when I was little, there were other kids we've all grown up. In most of the neighborhoods now, you don't see families because guess what? These families can't afford to buy these expensive houses. So you have all these older people who owned houses that maybe a couple of decades ago they raised their family. So it is very refreshing to see, like, whoa, there are kids everywhere, like good, people are still having kids, people still have families, they go out on these trips and adventures, and like, it can be a lot more challenging when you have a family and these little kids, but that's what we did when I grew up, and we got to experience camping and building campfires and going on hikes and the good and the bad within that, so that was another takeaway I had from that, and then like, just being outside and in nature, that was fun and very needed, I think, so many of us are always trapped indoors we're in our cars we're in indoor gyms we're in the grocery store we're going out to eat like there is hardly any time that most of us as a whole spend just outside and like a trip where you are living outside and i think the funny thing with that of like the food that we had like it was maybe hot but then by the time you serve it and sit down to eat it is not really that hot because you don't have A kitchen that traps in the heat, or an oven or a microwave where you can like throw that in and close it to trap the heat so that you can finish plating everything else. So, little things like that where I'm like, man, maybe the food wasn't perfect, but that's what you get. That's part of the experience of being outside. And I think that there is like adventure, risk, danger, fun that is needed in our lives that. You need that to truly feel alive, to truly have a good experience. And even if it's in those smaller moments to like, maybe you're going on a camping trip and you're not going to maybe possibly get lost and have to, to keep tr- finding trails and using a compass. But there are so many other things that if you really pay attention and experience and are there with your trip and being outdoors, you're like, whoa. This is so different than normal life, and it's so fun and so needed. And I think finally, the takeaway was that God was definitely with us this whole time and really blessed the trip from, you know, getting firewood, even though they said they didn't have it, to figuring out the map thing, getting that long hike in, which we didn't think we'd be able to do. We didn't actually get lost. You know, we didn't have to go back and retrace our steps, which I really didn't want to do. We didn't fall in the river. We didn't get injured and like, I really, really didn't want to fall in the river. And I didn't want Jordan to fall either. And so we found our way back though. That was another thing. We had everything packed up before it started raining, like minutes before, like 10 or 15 minutes that we had everything like fully packed up before it started raining. And then we found the banana slug. Like that one was so small, but I was like, this means a lot. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And then Overall, we got home safely. So all that and probably even more that I'll keep remembering as I go throughout the days of like processing how the trip went, but it really makes a difference when, you you know, God is on your side, when you have him, when you are praying for your meals and that you will be safe and protected and have fun and have a good time. So I think that was great. And then I have another camping trip planned with my mom and dad at the end of July, same campground. So that one should be fun. And I will probably do another podcast on that trip and adventure because there will always be so much more to these trips when you're going outside and really figuring out like, man, how do you best utilize the time you have when you get to escape from society? And I think part of that, of coming back into it is, I don't know if they they call it like, if they still call it like the post-vacation blues or post-vacation sadness or depression, but that kind of hit me yesterday where I, like, yesterday was when I got home, and it was like, man, that was fun, but also, boom, hits you real hard and real fast of, like, you need to start working again, you need to plan for this, I need to do so many social media videos for this business, the Coffee Up Cup one, for my personal one, I want to put together a video of the trip, and then I started walking the dog when I got home, even before I had showered, which I planned it that way, because I didn't want to be all clean and then have to go outside, so... Just to tell you, though, like it was like boom, 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 another thing to another. And then, you know, tomorrow I'm going to have to wake up early and start working at my morning job again. And then I'm going to, I don't know, just the feeling of like I had so much fun and it was so freeing to not be tied down to all of those things and just be like, let's live and enjoy living and not worry about, you know, like, I want to get married, and I need a job to do that, and I need to buy a house, and I need to do this, and this, and have kids, and do that, and that, and like, the businesses are going too slow, and it's not working out, and what can I do? Should I give one up? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, there is so much that once you come back, you're hit with that, where I was like, ah oh, man, so I don't know, I think I'll still process that element of it through the rest of this week but hopefully really trapping down this memory in the form of this podcast will be helpful and even as i edit it and re-listen to it because yeah i listen to the episodes once it goes live gotta help my podcast out a bit but i think that will also be helpful and then just knowing like hey you had fun be grateful for that and get ready for the next adventure that is to come but also it also makes me want to go outside a lot more so i think that's another thing like once you taste some of that you're like mmm this tasted good. What else can we do? Let's go. And very lastly, I said I would talk about the chicken. So we had known that the 21st day, which is when the eggs are supposed to hatch would be on my camping trip. Like it would happen on the Monday and I got back Tuesday. So I was like, oh man, I've been waiting and so excited. Like I hope to get the box together. And we've been, my mom and I like actively involved with making sure Tulip can eat and go to the bathroom and, you know, just stay alive so that she can raise these chicks once they hatch. So I was kind of bummed out when I marked it on the calendar, like day 21. And then I look, I'm like, I'm camping. But my mom actually sent me a text on Sunday afternoon when we had been setting up our campground of like, look they were born and then all five were actually born successfully born they came out of their eggs and man they are so tiny but so so cute so three of them are black and white they have different colorings within those two colorings and then two of them we thought were yellow but they actually look a little more white and one of the whiter ones has like little gray slash black tips on their wings so they will still change color as they get older and bigger but it is fun to see like whoa when we had the chicks we just had the yellow ones like the ones you would see around easter time or on tv like a yellow chick but whoa now we have the different colored ones how cool is that and it is so cute to see them run underneath tulip for warmth for protection when they're scared and then tulip has like become animated again like back to being a living chicken where she started cleaning herself more pecking around on the ground kind of showing the chicks like look you peck like this and then my mom was giving tulip some bread and then she would give the bread down to the little babies so that they could eat the small piece of bread and so all of that man it's just so cool so amazing also a great thing to come home from a trip from of like man they're all there they're so tiny they're so cute so right now they're only 4 days old and it's like whoa. And I'll go ahead and post a link of a picture of all five of them that I put on my personal Instagram. So you can see what they look like at three days old. But it really is amazing that the first day they were born, when my mom sent me a picture of them, they look like good to go. Like they look like they've been alive for a long time. They're all fluffy. They got all their parts there. They're running around like, man, God did a good job when he created these little things. And I remember last year when we had gotten our Orpington chickens, when they were chicks, they were like a week old, week and a half, and they only stay tiny and cute like that for about a week. By the time they hit like two to three weeks, they start getting bigger. The fluff is not as fluffy and cute, like now they look like little cotton balls on feet that just kind of run around. But very quickly, we will see them growing. So it's very cool to see the whole process going from Tulip getting broody to us getting fertilized eggs from the church friend to her sitting on them, dedicated every day every night not moving us like force feeding her and going to the bathroom to make sure she would to now like boom they have been born they're alive they are healthy she is teaching them how to be little chickens of their own and she is being a great mother to them so with that hope you have a great rest of your day and i'll be in touch next week with another episode Thanks for listening to Fisher Filbrick The Show. Here's how you can best support us. You can subscribe, comment, and rate the show. You can share this podcast with your social circles and even consider becoming a monthly sponsor of the show. Any of these items that you're able to do will make such a big difference. Thanks again for listening and for your support.